you're tuning in to the High Performance Path podcast and I'm your host Alex. If you want to increase your productivity, enhance your mental performance, hack your sleep and build a bulletproof body, then you're in the right place. Get ready as we dive into interviews with performance coaches, business owners and health professionals to find out their daily routines, habits and movement practices. Alright, let's go. Today on the podcast, I sit down with a yoga teacher from the Open Mind Space Yoga Studio here in Newcastle. We start off talking a bit about Kat's background and how she got into yoga. We talk about the different types of yoga, the common ones anyway, Um, a little bit about Chinese medicine as well in there, and then we dive into yin yoga, which is what Kat specializes in. If anyone listening does know Kat um, and you enjoy the episode, Tag her in a post or just let her know that you listened to it and show us some support. All right, enjoy the episode, guys. Welcome to the show, Kat Mead. Thank you. Nice to be here. So I want to hear about your story. So you're a yoga teacher at the Open Mind Space. That's where I met you. Um, you do a few other things as well, you've told me. But let's tell the listeners your background. So a little bit about yourself and then... How did you get into yoga and then teaching yoga? Yeah, so it's I have quite a varied background, I guess, and a varied uh, smorgasbord of things that I like to do. Um, so I grew up in Maitland, which is about half an hour away from Newcastle. Yep, not too far. Yeah, uh, so I was there till I was about 16 when my parents split up. Um, pretty typical childhood Grew up in a Christian home, went to church every Sunday. I used to sing at church up until I was about 22, 21, 22-ish. Uh, and then I discovered that church wasn't quite for me. Uh, and then so I left, kind of started to find my own feet as my own person then. Um I'm going to backtrack a little bit. When yep. I was 14, I had a very bad asthma attack, which I ended up on life support for three days. I stopped breathing at home that day, had oh, to shit. get revived. Yep. Um, and then I went to hospital, Maitland Hospital, and then from between Maitland Hospital and John Hunter, where they were transferring me, I stopped breathing again in the ambulance. Um, so then I was on life support for three days from that. And I kind of pinpoint that point of my life as where some significant trauma for obvious reasons um came in and so since then I feel like I've struggled with a little bit of anxiety fast forward again to 21 22 ish and um I was working in a chemist I worked in a chemist until I was about 25 and then I started working for a GPS tracking company I worked from home it was very isolating uh I worked there for about seven years and I started yoga while I was working there. So from home. Yeah. Well, I didn't do yoga at home, but I was working from home. I started yoga at the yoga loft in town and I fell in love with it. It was an escape for me um, because I, I wasn't really happy in that job for quite a while. Should have probably left a lot earlier than I did. I only left at the start of 2016 uh, when I was 30. 31-ish. Uh, so, uh, 
Yeah, so I did my teacher training at the end of 2015 because I really loved yoga and I, as I said, it was an escape. I think I did my yoga teacher training as a way to be able to leave that job and do something else because before that I didn't really think I was able to do anything else. How was the yoga training? Could explain yeah. how that process was? How long was so it? So I did a 12-day training, which was 120 hours at Byron Bay. Yep, so in Australia? So it was at Byron Yoga Center and they specialize in Purna yoga, which Purna means complete. So it was just a system of moving every part of your body in every direction every day. So that's the In type. one workout. Yeah. So in every one workout class. every day. Yeah. You move every part of your body. Yeah. In some way. Yeah. Uh, so that was, yeah, it was just a really complete kind of way of learning how to teach yoga. It was very alignment based, kind of rigid. Uh, so I did that and then I left my job spectacularly. <laughs> it wasn't very nice. <laughs> um, let's just say we were stopped on the way home from Sydney after a big meeting and I had a breakdown. Um, and that's when that happened. So two days later, I, I think was, it was time to leave that. Yeah. Place. I'd already decided that weekend because something had happened the week before that I was like, I've had enough. I can't, can't do this anymore. Um, but I was going to quit the next day because I knew we had that big meeting, but I just couldn't wait. It happened on the way home from the big meeting. Uh, how did, my, how did you my, feel? Sorry, the, hit the microphone. <laughs> the day after that, how did you feel like after leaving that job that you'd had for, what, seven years? Yeah, instead? yeah. The day after, I felt really awkward. So my boss kind of rang me that morning and he could have been awful about it. He could have been like, well, you have to stay like four weeks or whatever. You have to see out your time. But he didn't. He just said tell people that you're leaving today, you know, call your clients, tell them, um, and you can, today's your last day. Did you feel like relieved? Or? I felt relieved and I felt terrified. Yeah. So at the end of that week, I'd already organized to go to Threadbow um, for a Wanderlust festival. Um, so I kind of got there and I was kind of, I think I was a little bit shocked actually. I was a little bit out of it that for that kind of festival. Um, yeah, it was it was a big week. Yeah. yeah so, I, so you've done your yoga training. You've did just left my, your job. Did that, did that. My friend Sindra, who I met not long before that, who did her teacher training in Mexico the year before, uh, she was overseas at the time. And we kind of, kind of decided to maybe do something to do with yoga together, maybe start a business. And so that was just on. As soon as I quit my job, she came back from overseas. And I was just like, okay. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, so I started teaching. I honestly don't think I was ready to start teaching um, because I don't think 200 hours training really equips anyone to teach well. I mean, not to say I didn't teach well, but I think more training is needed yeah. for, most, for most people to teach confidently. What, are there some longer courses than that? Yeah, so the minimum is 200 hours yeah. th to be able to teach anywhere respectable um, but really most people will tell you it, most people who've been teaching for a while will tell you that you have to do more training you need to do more training every year yeah. to keep up professional development professional development that's you, exactly right that's like the start okay okay you're qualified to teach yep now you can start your journey of growing as a teacher and learning more and stuff exactly yeah cool. I didn't do that I nope. jumped straight in 
and just taught what I knew from that teacher training. Well, sometimes that's the best way to Which, learn. Yeah, just jump I in the learned deep end. a lot and I still was practicing <clears throat> a bit at other studios. Um, but I didn't actually do any more training until last year. So it was four years between trainings for me, which I kind of wish I had done more earlier. But I also think maybe I just wasn't ready for it then because I've, it could have been a waste of money, to be honest, money and time when I wasn't really, wasn't really on the right path about what I wanted to teach yeah. for so long. Um, yeah, so for me, the escape part of yoga, I taught for about two-ish years, pretty much full-time. And in, we had our own business called Two Fit Yoga. And then we started a creative business out of that because we turned out we were really good at doing creative things as well. Notice you're quite creative as well. Yeah. We'll get into a little bit of that yeah. later. There's so much. This is very <laughs> multifaceted. Um, I'm, I'm very aware that my story right now is kind of all over the place. Um, so I taught for about two years, but then I just kind of felt, and it might have partly been a bit of burnout. I've... <clears throat> Because yoga was that escape, I didn't feel like I needed to escape anymore because I was out of that job. I wasn't really feeling aligned with the style of yoga I was teaching, which was really rigid, really alignment-based. Kind of, to me, it was getting really boring. Um, so I stopped teaching for about a year, maybe just under a year. Uh, and then towards the end of 2018, I came back and just wanted to teach yin. Um, because A, that's what my body wanted, and B, it just makes more sense to me. And I wasn't trained in flow yoga, which is kind of what I feel like most people were wanting. Yeah. It's not really a good reason to do anything. Yeah. No. Let's, um, so you've mentioned yin yoga and you've mm -hmm. just mentioned flow. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned one, what was the one you were trained in? Purna yoga. So there's a few different types of yoga there. Mm. I'm not familiar with... I'm familiar with some, but yep. not many styles of yoga. Mm -hmm. So for also for the listeners who are listening who may not know anything about yoga, can you explain a few of, I know there's probably too many types of yoga to explain all of them, but mm -hmm. can you explain the difference between a few of the really common ones? Yeah. And then you mentioned yin yoga. I want to dive into that because I know mm -hmm. you are passionate about yin yoga. Yeah. I want to know a little bit more about that. So yeah. first, what are the kind of main styles of yoga and what, what, how are they different? Mm -hmm. And then let's go into yin yoga. Okay. So I think most people are probably aware of vinyasa yoga, which is like a flow where you'll see the sun salutations where, you know, you raise your arms up, you fold down, you come up, you do like a little push up, you do an, a back bend, you come back up. Yep. So that's kind of your basic vinyasa flow. That's what you would call, I guess, a warm up in a flow class. So vinyasa is really flowy. You do one breath per movement. You kind of try to stay connected with your breath throughout the practice, which can be harder than it sounds. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really flowy. It feels nice. You're moving your body, getting sweaty. It's like a workout as well, but you're also getting that really mindful part of it where you're connected with your breath and really thinking about how you're moving. There's Hatha yoga, which I feel like what I was trained in, Purna, is more closely, closely aligned with Hatha yoga, which is very similar to Vinyasa. It's pretty much, it's the same poses. They all do the same poses. Hatha yoga is more like you'll come into a pose, but you'll hold it for five breaths 
and then you might move back in a flowing movement and then hold that for five breaths, something like that. So similar kind of thing, one is just more moving, one is just more kind of holding things a bit longer. Yep. Um, and then there's things like Iyengar yoga, which is a whole other ball game. It's very alignment based. They very much get into the nitty gritty of anatomy. Um, and they, you know, they'll hold a headstand for 10 minutes oh, in, okay. in like the really advanced kind of classes. Wow. It's intense. So Iyengar yoga actually is probably really good for yoga teachers to practice because of that anatomy focus. Yep. Um, and I am by no means explaining these in any depth. <laughs> so there's a whole lot more underneath all of these. So. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah. <coughs> and then there's Ashtanga yoga. I kind of feel like my training was a little bit of a mix between Iyengar and Ashtanga. So Ashtanga has these set um, series of poses that you can do. And it's really up to the teacher that's with you to tell you when they think you're ready to move on to another variation of any specific pose. So a lot of Ashtanga teachers, and not all of them, this is very general, you'll probably see them highly flexible. That's the ones I know are very flexible. Um, they do quite deep backbends, the ones that I know. And it's, haven't actually practiced Ashtanga as a proper class. Um, so it doesn't flow quite as much as far as I'm aware. And they do, yeah, hold things a little more. I'm going to stop talking about Ashtanga because okay. I might be butchering That's fine. the description. Yin yoga is, yes, what I am passionate about. And it just makes more sense to me. So all of those other types of yoga are probably more closely aligned with Indian culture. Yin yoga is more closely aligned with Chinese culture. So the different continents. But they kind of were born at the same time with the same kind of ideas. But if you look in depth at either of these two things, you'll see that seasonally they've got differences because they have different seasons. Um, they'll have different yeah, seasons that go along with different energy centers and different poses and different times of year for different things that you oh, should yeah. or could practice. So they're very similar, but they have almost different underlying like opposites, nearly. ideas. Yeah, it's, it's easy to get confused. Yeah, now yin <coughs> is, the term yin, mm -hmm. I could be getting this completely wrong, but is that the same term in yin and yang? Or is that a different word, yin? No, it's yin. yin? They're both yin. Okay. Yin and yang. So yeah. yin is nothing. Yin is, <laughs> well, it could yin, be a thing, but it's, it's not. Yin it's yin and yang. It's yin yang. So yeah. is that like yin yoga? Is that Does that have something to do with yin and yang? Yeah. Well, let's go into more on yin yeah. yoga. So... Do you want me to talk about the difference between yin and yang a yeah, little bit actually, as well? Let's do that as yeah. well, whenever, like now or afterwards if you want. Yeah. Well, so most people would know the yin-yang symbol, which is actually not called the yin-yang symbol. It's called, actually called the tai chi symbol. Yep. And it's actually kind of difficult to explain because you see this symbol, one side is white, one side is black, and within the white there is black, within the black there is white. So within yin there is yang within yang there is yin. And if you look at uh, yin and Chinese medicine, this is gonna be really out there maybe. That's all right. From an embryological viewpoint, and they, so the way that the child is formed in the womb, 
They talk about the way the body folds together is what creates meridian energy lines within the body. So if you look at that embryologically, there's, they say there's three yang layers and three yin layers. Uh, and so all ying, ying, I just said ying. <laughs> that was my bad habits rubbing <laughs> yeah. off on you. <laughs> um, mispronunciation. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's like this big cycle, but you start at these three yang layers and then you go through these th three yin layers. I'm using my hands to yep. describe this. So for the listeners, the listeners who that are listening, see, you won't be able to see this. You have to imagine it. But once you get to that deepest yin layer, that's when it starts coming back around and the yin turns back into the yang. So the yin is the really dark, feminine, passive, hiding in the corner side of things. Whereas the yang is the warm, boisterous, movement-based type stuff. So the yin is where we go deep. We sit with our stuff, we work through our stuff, and we see what's within that darkness, essentially. And the yin is protected by the yang. So the yang, we move. It's the flow classes, it's the movement, it's the heated yoga. It's all of that stuff where our muscles get warm and it's, more out there, it's more masculine, it's the more doing, whereas the yin is more passive. Does that make any sense? It does. Cool. Yes. So explain yin yoga. Yin yoga, okay. So it's kind of like what I just said, it's passive. It's where we sit on the floor basically, there are some standing poses. We sit on the floor and we come into really passive stretches essentially. So for example, you might sit in a forward fold in a yin class for eight minutes. You might not, if you're a beginner, you'd probably only sit in it maybe three minutes. Um, but that's up to the teacher to decide, to read the room and see what's happening. So you can sit in these passive poses for up to like eight minutes or more, depending on where you're at in your practice, where you're at in your body. And the point is to kind of let your fascia, which is the connective tissue in our body, to let that kind of switch off and open up and to release any blockages or any tension within that fascia, within that connective tissue so that, so that you can move better, so that you can go into your meridians, your energy lines, which is where the Chinese philosophy says our energy lines live, is in our fascia. So it's a way of opening up through this energy system of the body, but it's also teaching us to surrender, to notice our breath, not control it, to notice where our mind is going, where our thoughts are going, and what changes in our thoughts and in our breath when we get into these uncomfortable positions and we feel really challenged. Uh, it's teaching us to be resilient because the more you sit in something that's making you feel uncomfortable and you work through it rather than pulling back and running away from it, the more, resilience, more resilient you are and the more that can carry into your everyday life. So it's teaching you to sit with your body and all your stuff so that you can do that better in your life. Sounds like a little bit of meditation as well as yoga. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would call it more mindfulness. Mindfulness, yeah. Um, yeah, you can make yin yoga a really meditative practice if you do um, focus on your breath. So the pose, they say, in yin elicits your breath. So if you're in a really deep hip opener or something and your breath starts like going faster, it's because something's shifting or it's because you've gone in too deep and it's too much for you. So they say that the pose elicits the breath and that you just kind of let it have, have to let it either go and surrender through it and notice and watch what's happening 
or you need to come out of the pose to let your breath calm down or to make it meditative actually keep coming back to your breath so when you notice your mind wandering off because you're just sitting there and sometimes you want to distract yourself by thinking about something else other than what you're feeling in your body so if your mind wanders off you can bring yourself back to your breath and then your mind will wander off again and you bring yourself back and that makes it a really meditative mindful practice but I don't teach that very much anymore what that that technique of yeah. coming back to the breath because I did extra training last year and in that she kind of taught us you know because we're going so deep into our tissues and that's where our trauma and that's where our memories and that's where all our stuff is stored in our body because we're going into that we need to let our mind go and explore what's in it rather than trying to control the process yeah sweet that makes sense yeah yeah, cool. Now, you mentioned Chinese medicine mm -hmm. a couple of times there. Do you want to explain for, for listeners that have no idea really about Chinese medicine, not going too deep into it, but just explain a little bit about it? Yeah. So it would be impossible for me to go deep into Chinese medicine. <laughs> um, it's a huge subject. It's yeah. a huge undertaking to learn about it. Yeah, I, um, I know it is. That's why I just... I said just brush over yeah. it and kind of yeah. briefly, what is it? Yeah, so traditional Chinese medicine is where they look at your body, your physical body uh, and your energy system, usually in the way of meridians. So meridians are energy lines that run through our body. So they say that our energy lines run through our fascia. And so you might find, everyone knows kind of about acupuncture where they use needles. So you'll find that in these energy lines, there might be a blockage, for example, in your kidney line, which runs through the back of your body. So you might be feeling pain like in your ankle at the back, but you actually have the blockage, you know, somewhere, somewhere in your else. spine, somewhere else. And so it's, this is acupuncture, it's about finding those parts of those energy lines that are blocked and releasing them. So you might, or you might get a, a needle in your arm and it will release your hip example so that's kind of what acupuncture is and that's how they look at the body um, energetically I guess and I'm so much skimming the surface it's so it goes so much deeper than that um, but there's also like traditional Chinese medicine there's herbs that they use and they use Chinese herbs to treat different things um, yeah but as Chinese medicine relates to yin yoga um, what I mainly teach is opening up through those energy lines the meridians yeah, that sweet. come from the Chinese philosophy. All right. So for people who are beginners into yoga or who want to start it but kind of don't really know what style is best for them or where to kind of go, how would you um, – how do you recommend people start yoga? Like what – is there a certain style that's best for beginners or do you recommend people start doing it at home or go to a class as – is the best way to go to a class and have an in instructor instruct you? Yes. <laughs> go, going to um, a class and I getting would help? I would suggest going to a class if you are ready. If you're very self-conscious, it can be really helpful to do it at home for a little while first, but you're not going to get that attention from a teacher that I think you need if you're a beginner because you need to know that you're safe. You need to know if what you're feeling is 
okay for you. I mean, and most people know what they're feeling, if what they're feeling is okay for them, if it's pain or if it's discomfort, most people are okay with that. Mm. Um, but I would always highly recommend going to a class if you're a beginner. As for what type of yoga you start with, I wouldn't jump straight into a heated flow class. It's gonna be really intense and you're probably gonna feel like, you might not, but you might feel like you are struggling and you might get turned off by that struggle. I think I, that was me. Yeah, not right. that I was turned off by it. But yeah, it's hard. My first yoga class ever, I'm pretty sure it was my first ever, was a Bikram yoga class. <laughs> and it was so much harder than I thought mm, it was going to be. Yeah, because they are, yeah, they're intense. Yeah. Because they're like, I don't even know, 40 degree rooms or something or 38 degree rooms. Yeah, whatever they are. It's basically a sauna. So for anyone who doesn't know what Bikram yoga is, it's like, what style of yoga would it, would it be? It's heated. Really sure? Well, yeah, I've never practiced Bikram yoga. Basically, the room's heated to 38 or 40 degrees, depending on where you go. Mm. And it's like, a, I don't know, the poses, are, some of them are standing. Usually, I, think they're, I think they're a combination of both. I remember doing long holds, but then I remember doing some flow stuff as well yeah i don't remember exactly i haven't done too much of it mm. but yeah i think you're right yeah yeah have you seen the netflix documentary mm. on I have bikram yoga yeah. what are your thoughts on that um i it was pretty interesting it was interesting i think they needed to i think they need another installment mm. i think it was very one-sided which is fine. I think that's the story they wanted to portray. That's true. I didn't think about that actually. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think you can know what happened unless you were there. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. Yeah. I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but it is worth a watch. Yeah. And I don't think you can judge Bikram yoga itself on the man who created it. Yeah. Or no. the man who runs the teacher trainings. I think the yoga is, I think it's really good. I like, I like saunas. Mm. I've researched and read about the benefits of sauna use yep. and I've tried it myself and I think sauna is great. Mm -hmm. And if you can combine it with a yoga practice, then you're kind of getting benefits of yoga and you're getting yeah. benefits from the sauna as well. So I think that's great. Yeah. I really like heated yoga classes. Yeah. Not, not all of them are cre created equal, but yeah. Um, so let's go back to your creative side. Okay. So I know you're quite creative. Yeah. Um, I know you play a bit, little bit of guitar and you do yeah. a bit of singing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I've always been a singer uh, since I was little. I've always kind of written songs. I didn't start, well, I started playing guitar when I was in primary school, but I gave up really quickly and I sort of played it on and off. Since then, I've never really let myself practice enough or learn enough to get really good at it. So I think I'm just going to be a perennial learner with the guitar. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm probably getting better as I play it more, but I wouldn't say I'm very good at it. Um, can, you, can you play guitar and sing at the same time? Yeah, it depends what it is. <laughs> um, so if I'm picking on the guitar, I can play usually, I mean, I can sing a little bit better. Yeah. If I'm strumming, I find it a bit harder 
yeah. to sing. Unless it's my songs, because then I just make it up myself. Yeah. So I'd play what I can sing with. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Because that's pretty hard. If any, mm. if if anyone's tried it before, they would know that it's hard. I, I learned a little bit of guitar when I was probably like early high school. Yeah. I didn't really... I, I I stopped. I probably only did it for like a year, so I know yeah. very basic. Okay. But then trying to do that and something else mm -hmm. is really hard, yeah. <laughs> especially if you're not good at the guitar. Mm. I think you have to just practice one bit until you can do it without thinking about it, mm. and then you put the other bit over the top. I don't do that. <laughs> cool. So I want to know a book recommendation. Ooh, yes. It, I was it thinking can be about on this. any topic. Yeah. It doesn't have to be yoga or. Anything? I don't read yoga books. Well, I meant... <laughs> I get it. Is I, I don't know. what Are there any yoga books? Yeah, other there's than heaps. Like... Yeah. There is actually a really good yoga book called Yin Yoga. Uh, it's by Bernie Clark. That is a great book if you want to learn more about yin. Yeah. Um, I think he's got a newer one since then. But Bernie Clark, very yeah. good. Um, if you could recommend a book to anyone on any yeah. topic, yeah. what would the one book be that you'd give someone? I really loved Living an Inspired Life by Wayne Dyer. Oh. Yeah, it's really good. It's what, who's who's he? What's he oh, do? Wayne Dyer. He's passed away now, but he's actually a very well-known motivational speaker and writer. Um, if you ever listen to like Quote of the Day show podcast or Super Soul Conversations or anything like that, they'll talk about Wayne Dyer, or there'll be talks from him all the time. He's done a lot of stuff. I'll have to check him out. You'd like him. I'll put that book in the show notes. Yeah, it's really good. So it's all about coming back to yourself, to your calling, which is probably tricky for some people even to hear that you have a calling. But the way he talks about it in this book, he's talking about how before you decided to, and if I don't know if you believe in past lives or energies and souls, but before your soul decided to come into this life in this body, it came here for a reason. And so this book is all about kind of coming back to that reason and finding that reason because we all forget um, why you've decided to come into this life in this body. Like what is it that you're here to do? Um, but it doesn't do it in like a, in a wanky way. Do you know what I mean? By what? Maybe not. But it doesn't kind of. do it in a, in a way that makes you feel bad if you haven't found your calling okay. or you don't know what you're meant to be doing. It's really good. It's oh, a really good read. Yeah. All right. Let's get on to the final three questions. <laughs> so the first question I have for you, which I ask all my guests, if you could put a billboard anywhere in the world with anything on it, where would it be and what would it show on it? <sighs> I honestly have no idea. We can come back to it if you want. Ah, oh, See, I read this question because you emailed it to me and I have no idea. About what it would say or where it would be? Hmm. Or both? Both. Yeah. Maybe it, I need to read that book again. It could show, it could be a picture. It doesn't have to be text. It could mm. just show something. Mm. We'll come back to it. Let's come back to it. I don't have an answer. So <laughs> we'll, we'll go to the second question. Mm -hmm. If you travelled back in time 10 years, what advice would you give yourself? Stand up for yourself. What, so what were you doing 10 years ago? Ten years ago, what, I was working was for the GPS tracking company that I worked for from home. Uh, yeah. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. Good advice. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. 
I, I almost forgot the third question then. I haven't written them <laughs> down because I was like, oh, no, I got this. <laughs> I asked all my guests this. Um, so if you could give someone one habit to practice for 30 days mm -hmm. and they would practice that successfully, mm -hmm. what habit would that be? Meditation. Yeah. I need to take my own advice because it's a little bit off and on sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, meditation. How do you normally practice it? Do you do it in the mornings in, or um, at night before bed? I... During the day? I... Try to do it in the morning if I'm if I decide to do it. If I decide to do it, <laughs> um, yeah, I try to do it in the morning. But if I don't, then I just I have a pretty free life, so I can just do it yeah. whenever. How do you do it? Do you use an app that you follow, or do you just um, use silence? I try to just use silence. Yeah. I find sometimes I'll play a little bit of music, but I find it more distracting than anything. Yeah. Um. But usually I'll set a timer and I find that helps because I'm like, okay, five minutes, it's not that long. Yeah. You'll know when it's up because it'll ding at you. Just sit there. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, I use, um, I use an app mm -hmm. mainly for the time constraint because yeah. I know if I just do it in silence and I'll be like, oh, has it been two minutes? Has yeah. it been 10 minutes? That's I don't same. know. That's same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, I could just use a timer mm. instead. I don't know why I haven't thought of that. But I just use an app because it's easy. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me like they'll they'll be silence and then they'll they'll be a, they'll say to bring back or start focus on your breath yeah, or okay. whatever. So it'll mm. remind me to bring back like mm. come back and be present if I have wandered. Yeah. So I find that helps. Yeah, that's good. Because I'm still kind of new mm. to meditation. I've yeah. been doing it too long. There's no right or wrong way to meditate though. Yeah. I think people think that it has to be this big grand gesture and it has to be, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. Mm. It doesn't. It could be a minute. Have you ever tried one of those like seven day meditation retreats or like weekend? Like a silent one? Yeah, like a silent no, retreat. <laughs> I have not. I have no interest. No? No. Not in a silent one. No, I think it'd be really hard. I think, I think it it's be on really one of I think it's one of my um lifetime goals to do. Yeah, okay. Like probably a week. Yeah. Mainly because I like to challenge myself and put myself in yeah, right. difficult situations. Mm, you'd and love think, you in then. <laughs> I think that would <laughs> that would challenge me. So I think I don't want to I'm not ready to do it anytime soon. But yeah. at some point in my life I want to have a crack at that. I think you. I think after coming out of that, you would be different. I think so too. Yeah, maybe I should try it. Maybe. Um, do you want to go back to the first question, or do you want me to change a question? Let's change it. All right, Netflix recommendation. Ooh, Netflix. <laughs> um, Easy question. What have you watched that that's good? At the moment, I'm watching Jane the Virgin. Oh yeah. Which is hilarious and ridiculous. Who's in that? Anyone? Uh, I don't I know, know any of their names. No. It's like um, based in Miami, but there's like a lot of Spanish speaking characters in it. Oh, yeah. What's um, it about? So it's about this woman who she's like 23 or something and she's saving herself for marriage. And then she goes, I think she's going to get like a pap smear or something. And she gets artificially inseminated by accident and she ends up having the baby. <laughs> she, well, she ends up getting pregnant. Um, I can't really spoil it. Yeah, no, but don't it's spoil really it. good. It's, yeah, cool. It's, the first season is quite ridiculous, like with all the twists and turns and stuff, but in a good way. <laughs> so is it a comedy? Very entertaining. Yeah. 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 Dra right. Dramatic comedy, yeah. but more comedy, I would say. Sweet. All right, yeah. we got to wrap things up. So, um, where can people find you? 
Social well, media or website? Yeah, I have so many things. Um, you can find me catmead underscore on Instagram. You can find me at the yin method on Instagram. Yin method as well. You, you have a podcast as well, don't you? I have just started one. <laughs> yes. There is an introductory episode up. Yes. Yeah. So go check that out, go guys. Go check that out, the yin method. And if, um, if people want to come and see you in person, where, where do yeah. you teach at? So open mind space? The open mind space in Broadmeadow. I'm also the studio manager there. So yep. I do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff as well. So that's just the open mind space on Instagram or the website is theopenmindspace.com. Cool. Have you got any workshops or anything coming up there? Yeah. Heaps. Lucky you're here to tell me these things. <laughs> There's so you. many things coming up. Yeah. Um, so my next yin immersion is on the 21st of March and that's, um, it's a Saturday, three hours of yin, which sounds like a lot, but it actually goes really fast. This one is an autumn yin immersion. So again, in traditional Chinese medicine, autumn is the time to go in. It's very introspective and it's related to our lung and large intestine energy lines. Uh, so that's what that is. On the cool. 21st of March, you can book that through the Open Mind Space website. I have another one coming up in May. There's heaps of events happening there. Sweet. But come to a class. We've got a $25 intro offer for two weeks. So come and do that. All right. Go check them out, guys. Go check them out. All right. Well, thanks heaps for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I hope it was interesting. All right, guys, if you enjoyed this, please take a screenshot and share it. I'd love to see who's listening. And also, please subscribe and give a rating on iTunes. Sending positive vibes to everyone out there. Thanks heaps for listening.